Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the She Said What podcast with your host, Alyssa Harper. That's me. Today, we're going to be talking about motivation and staying motivated. And you guys have asked me on Instagram about this quite a few times. Anything from, hey, I want to get better at exercising consistently. How do I find the motivation to do that? To people literally saying to me, I can barely get out of bed. How do I fix this? And so we're going to be talking about that range today with lots of different examples. And I'm going to be sharing my personal thoughts on this subject along with different studies that I've looked at, different articles I've got information from, and even things that you guys have sent through. And I asked you on my stories what you guys thought about motivation and what's helped you to stay motivated. So I hope you enjoy today's episode and let's get into it. Well, first off, hello. Um, I hope you guys are doing well this week. Thank you so much for everyone who's been just like posting about the podcast and sharing about the podcast. We're, what, 11 episodes in now, I want to say. And it's been so fun. I've learned so much because of everything that you guys have then shared to me after talking about these subjects to you guys. And it's been so cool hearing that you guys are genuinely motivated by some of the stuff that I share about. And it just, it means the world to me. So thank you so much for sharing about it and caring about it. I just, I love it for us. So thank you so much. And let's give just a little, mm, quick little update. So first of all, If you guys don't know me, by the way, I'm living in Sydney. I'm Canadian, so my accent can be a little bit crazy sometimes. So please just don't be confused. That's my story. I'm 21, if you guys didn't know that. And this is my podcast. We just talk about, you know, health, wellness, life, relationships, all the good stuff, sex, of course. And um, actually, that's a good little segue into what I normally do at the start of my podcast, which is the Very Honest Thought segment. And the Very Honest Thought segment is when we basically talk about something Thing for me, or if I have a guest, but me, what has come up in my week that for me to share with someone would be like very honest of me, but also it's a chance for growth. It's an opportunity for growth. And it's something that I always talk to you guys about saying like, if you have something that comes up in your week, that's challenging for you, like reflect on it and make the effort to actually grow from it because you're wasting difficult things in your life because they'll just come up again because you're not actually dealing with it. You know what I mean? So I'm going to share with you my very honest thought of the week, which is that as much as I share about things that would be out of the comfort zone for a lot of people to share publicly, I still very much struggle with caring about what people think about me. And one way that I really noticed this was in the past week, I worked with a company that makes sex toys. They're called Normal. And they're like an amazing company, super inclusive. Like all of their toys are just like amazing quality and their their packaging, their message, everything. I just love it. And so that's why I did this Instagram like collaboration with them. And it was funny because I was taking photos for it and I was like, oh, like, should I take a photo of me holding it? Is that weird? I was holding like a vibrator just for reference. Like, should I take a photo of me holding it? Is that weird? Like, how can I make this Like, how can I detach myself from this enough that if people don't think it's cool, that they'll just kind of like move on and not like disagree with me or like not judge me? Like, it's really interesting that as much as I can be very much like trying to spread the news that, you know, using vibrators and using just sex toys in general during sex is so valuable and so normal, how much I can even personally be nervous to share about it. And it was just funny, like I was creating this content and I was writing out and I really, it was like a challenge for me, but it was good for me because it reminded me that 
if I am as open as I am with these things um, and I still get nervous to talk about it like publicly and, and with certain people, like to think of how nervous a lot of other people would be as well. And it just gives me grace for people who aren't comfortable to talk about sex and like their experiences and how like valid that is as well. And it was just a good little like reflection moment for me, which I wasn't going to say anything about this as well, but I thought it might help some of you if you guys are interested. Um, So I have a little code for them. It's just called normal. And the code is Alyssa 50. Yeah, I just found it for $50 off a sex toy. So if you guys want to use it, feel free to use it. I wasn't going to share it, but if that is valuable for you, then there you go. And I guess this is just a little reminder for you as well. Like if the idea of using a sex toy for you is like, ooh, that's too much or like, mm, like I don't want to do that because that seems like a little bit bad or that seems like dirty or that seems wrong. Like I want to remind you guys that it's completely normal and you'd be surprised how many people use sex toys on like a regular basis and just don't really talk about it. And so if that's something you want to be introduced to, then go read my post on that or even listen to like my masturbation podcast because I get into it. I get real into it in that podcast episode. Anyways, that's that. Let's get into today's actual topic, which is how to stay motivated. And I want to first and foremost share my kind of opinion on this, which is that staying motivated isn't about checking off all of your boxes. It's about showing up for yourself genuinely because you know your why. And then consistently, which is when you will then see real change and real growth. And this doesn't come without setbacks and weeks where you just completely fall off of doing all the things that you have told yourself you're going to do, but it helps you to at least face in the right direction, which is half the battle. And then it makes it a hell of a lot easier to get there eventually because you're always facing, you know, that correct, right direction, the direction you want to be going in. And then I think with that, the more you're facing that direction and you're open and you're seeing what you're heading towards and what you want, then things start to come to you more and it's less of you chasing things and more of you just receiving things as they come your way. And I would say that's like an overall summary of kind of how I feel on this subject. And we're going to talk very like intricately and more deeply about everything I've just said, but that's kind of like my overall view on this. Throughout this podcast, I want you to have in the back of your mind something that you're trying to motivate yourself to do. And it could be anything. It could be you want to eat better or you want to find new friendships or you want to exercise more or just find a new way to exercise or you want to work towards your career or your schooling and be more consistent with that and motivated to get yourself to you know do your uni work or whatever. It could be that you want to spend more time on self-reflection and self-growth because that's an area you feel you're specifically lacking in right now, or you want to grow financially. Like there are so many areas that, you know, you could potentially need more motivation in. So think of that thing right now, if you can take a little second, just pause or, you know, maybe it's already there. Great. Love that for you. Let's keep that in mind as we go through. So starting out, number one, I want to say that you need to get in touch with yourself. And instead of deciding whether or not you think you are driven or not as a person within your character, I want you to throw that idea out the window and ask yourself, what are my drivers? What are my motivators? And what is my why? And 
if you say things to yourself like, I'm so lazy, I'm not motivated, and you continuously say that over and over and you believe it, you will use confirmation bias to confirm that this is truth over and over. Like for example, every time you end up not doing the thing you said you were gonna do, you're like, oh, see, I'm not motivated. Oh, see, I'm so lazy. And when I started telling myself, I am driven. I am someone who is great at pushing through when things are tough. I am resilient. It changed how I saw myself and that alone motivated me heaps. Like I got a tattoo that said resilient, which actually says resilience, which, you know, might seem a little bit lame, but it genuinely just reinforced that mentality for me and helped me to use confirmation bias to believe that over and over. Every time I was resilient, I'd go see... This is why I have a tattoo about it because it's true. And what you want to do is get yourself to a place where you're using confirmation bias to help you, not to hinder you. So I think it's really important that we are aware of what we speak over ourselves. And I want you to take note of the things that you have accomplished and you have seen growth in. I think reminding yourself of these things every time you have a limiting belief is so important. And if you haven't heard that before, a limiting belief is just a thing that, you know, is limiting the way you can live your life and do things and feel and, you know, feel about yourself because it's likely not true, but it's just a thought that kind of comes up. It's like a passing thought, an automatic negative thought, that kind of thing. Anytime you have a limiting belief about yourself, I want you to find at least one example to prove that belief wrong or to prove that thought wrong. And I'm telling you, there will always be one. If you are thinking like, oh, see, I'm so lazy. I want you to think of a time where you were not lazy, where you got off your butt when you didn't want to and you went and did something. If you are thinking, oh, see, it's because I lack my confidence and like, I just don't know how to gain confidence. You need to think of a time where you genuinely felt really confident and you went and got what you wanted. Like there will always be an example. And I've had that before where I've had random, you know, limiting beliefs about myself. But if either I could stop myself and think of a positive thing. Or I could have a friend encourage me to say, no, you're not. Think of when you did this. Or even my husband say to me, no, you're not that. Like, what about when you did this and this and this? Is that lazy? You know, is that not wanting to step out of the normal, you know, day-to-day thing? Like, no, that was you taking a huge step, a huge risk. Like whether it's been me or someone else motivating me, it has always helped turn that thought around. And what that does is genuinely change the way that your brain works. And I talk about this all the time, so I'm not going to go too into it, but you guys know, if you've heard my podcast before, how neuroplasticity is a thing. And if you are willing to address the thoughts that come up on a regular basis, you can change the way that your brain literally functions and works. And so there are little pathways in your brain. And if you constantly have this thought that comes up that says, I am stupid, then every time that thought comes up and you can automatically stop it in its tracks and go, actually, that's not true here's a time that I wasn't stupid. (laughs) It will come up less and less because your brain's like, oh, I don't like that, like that passage. I don't like that passageway. Every time I try to go down that path, there's a roadblock. So let's try a different thought. And you actually rewire the way you think about yourself. So that is a long winded way of saying, get in touch with yourself, figure out what motivates you, what your drivers are, and don't tell yourself that you are not driven or you know, that you are not motivated because that's not true. And there's always going to be examples that prove why you aren't that thing. 
And what I want you to do when it comes to thinking about what your drivers and your motivators are is if there are some things that you are really good at staying motivated in, what are those things and how did you do that? Like maybe you're really good at getting to bed on time, but you're really bad at getting yourself to eat breakfast, for example. So what did you do? Like, did you set a reminder on your phone? Is it something simple like that? And really start to think about it. Okay, what am I actually good at staying motivated in? And that brings us to number two, which is applying these motivators. So can you apply that thing that you learned in the area that you're actually good at with this area that you're not so good at? And again, this answer might be very simple. It might be, oh, you know what? That's actually true. I set a reminder to go to bed every night at 9.30 that tells me to get up off the couch and to go to my bed and to shut my eyes. Hmm, That's actually really helpful. Maybe I can do that as well for taking my vitamins because I always forget to take my vitamins. Or maybe I can do that as well for getting myself to eat breakfast in the morning like every time consistently or whatever it is. Maybe there's a quick fix to it. Maybe the fix to it is that you always do it with a friend. Like, oh, I'm really good at staying motivated to exercise because I book my classes in advance with my friend. And if I cancel, I'm canceling on someone and I'm canceling on my gym and I'm literally like, there's accountability there. Like maybe there's a system in place that's helping you to stay consistent with that one thing. And there would be a way to apply it as well with this new thing. So if you work out with your friend all the time, but you're really struggling to go to bed on time, like, you know, talk to your friend, especially if you live with them, it'd be a great situation if you live with them to get them to be like, Hey, let's go to bed now. And then you guys can do it together. So figure out what you're good at in those little areas, in certain areas that you are good in, and see if you can apply that directly to this thing that you're struggling with. And it might be simple, but it might not be that simple. It might be a little bit more deep, which is what we're going to talk about now, which is knowing your why for that thing. Because for some people, it might be motivating enough to be like, okay, I know I need sleep. If I set an alarm, I'll go to sleep. Easy. For some people, you might be a lot easier, you might find it a lot easier to create little excuses for yourself and to go, it's just one more episode or it's okay. I'll just sleep in an extra hour and I don't need to work out in the morning. I'll just skip my workout. Or it might be easier for you to lose motivation quickly, which is perfectly fine. But I find what you really need to do in this situation is to know your why. So for example, for me, and this might not be for all of you, it might be slightly different, but for me, education motivates me so much on different topics. So if I know why I should eat certain foods and why I should get good sleep, I am like a million times more likely to care about it because in those moments when I'm going, oh, I don't really want to go to sleep. Let's just watch another episode, whatever. My brain can literally go, okay, first of all, you know if you don't get good sleep, then your brain isn't able to do all the functions that it's meant to do when you're sleeping, which can literally affect your mental health. It can affect your like lifelong physical health. It can affect your immune system. It is like, it's so important for your overall health. And if you aren't getting good sleep, that's going to affect you tomorrow. And then like my brain <laughs> can remind me of all of the reasons why I need good sleep. And for me, that really helps me to care about it. And I think as well, sometimes it's just about hearing from the right people and having the right resources. So again, this draws back to me saying, you know, it is education that helps me. And I think 
specifically for me when it comes to say like eating, I used to have thoughts like, like, I don't want to be one of those health freaks who can't eat anything. But then uh, instead of using that limiting belief and just being like, well, I'm not going to learn about eating, whatever, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Like as much as I think, yes, intuitive eating is important and like eating, you know, around your cravings and honoring your cravings is important. For me, there was so much value when I learned more and more about nutrition and I genuinely had good, solid scientific knowledge to make better choices for myself. So now I'm able to find a better balance because it's been an educated choice, not just something that I do because I think I meant to do. So that might be the same for you. You might love like education and that might help you. You might need to go buy a book on this thing that you want to do better. So say you want to get better sleep. You might need to go literally buy a book on it and read and get all the knowledge. You might want to be spending more time with friends and to get better at being social. And you might have to just make some hard choices that you're going to start going to things or you're going to join a club or you're going to like, you know, commit to something that's going to force you to do that thing. I don't really know what your motivator is, but you want to really take some time to think about what genuinely motivates me to do the things I want to do. And there isn't right or wrong answers. There's nothing wrong with needing a workout buddy. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with needing an alarm or needing a schedule or needing a to-do list. There's nothing wrong with needing anything to get you there. It's about like, getting in touch with yourself and learning what's going to get you there. And I wanted to touch on something as well um, when it comes to these resources and these external sources that are affecting how we make these choices. I wanted to ask like, who do you follow on Instagram, for example, that motivates you? And who do you follow that doesn't motivate you? Like who do you follow that in theory should motivate you, but they actually just make you feel bad about like your body or whatever, because they only show like perfection, perfection, perfection all the time. Like who actually doesn't motivate you, you know, and adjust who you follow, like take, set some time out in your schedule this upcoming week. You're going to take one hour or half an hour and you're going to genuinely look through the people that you follow and you're going to ask yourself, do they make me better or worse? And I know that can seem very dramatic, um, but it does affect you. What you consume affects you so much more than you would think. And it's been proven like over and over, um, even, you know, scientifically in different studies. But I, I don't think I need to even bring up studies to explain that to you. Like what you consume matters. And especially if you are someone who you're very impressionable, especially emotionally, like you walk out of a movie and you're acting like the main character suddenly for the next day. And like you're writing your memoir when you're reading someone else's memoir, like those kinds of things. If you're like that, which I totally am, like you have to be so careful about what you're listening to, like music wise, TV shows, like movies, like podcasts, everything. You need to be aware of it because it will rub off on you regardless of who you are, honestly. And as well, taking note of which friends motivate you to do the things that you want to do and which friends don't. And I'm not saying that you have to go and ditch all of your friends, but trying to quit smoking when all of your friends smoke is so much harder than if you had a supportive group of people who were also keeping you accountable to not do that thing. And I mean, even in that situation, if all of your friends did smoke, but you told them, guys, I'm not smoking anymore or I'm not vaping or whatever, please do not give it to me. Don't offer it to me, which I had to do at one point. Like as long as they're supportive, I don't think you need to ditch those people. But again, being around it is, is going to make it harder. And so you need to think about what you are letting into your life that is 
affecting how well you're able to apply your motivators. And I want to touch on as well, staying motivated long-term. So number three is creating habits instead of goals. And I only really like learned this recently. And I think I kind of did it before when I talked to you guys about like habit tracking, which was like ages ago on my Instagram. I don't even know if I've talked about it properly on um, the podcast, but I used to do something called habit tracking where I would think of say five or six habits I really wanted to get into my life. And it wasn't things that were end goals. And I still think this is a valid practice, but it wasn't things that were end goals. It wasn't like, I want to finish this book or I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to, you know, drink X amount of water by the end of the month. I don't know. It wasn't like specific goals. It was like habits I wanted to have continuously in my life. And I would literally write down the things. So say it was like sleep eight hours a night. I would write down every single number of the month. So I'd write down like one, two, three, four in a little notebook. And then as I did or didn't do the thing, I would circle the little number. And by the end of the month, I could be like able to genuinely assess how well I followed up with that habit that I was trying to create in myself. And I still think that's a great practice, but I think the only thing that I would change is that when I had explained it on Instagram, I explained it as like how to actually apply your goals. Whereas now I'm much less goal orientated and I'm much more habit orientated if that makes sense. So I think when you create habits instead of these end goals that can feel unachievable or can make you anxious, what it does is it helps remind you of your why. And instead of reminding you of your lack of self-control or that feeling of defeat when you don't check all the boxes, it reminds you that you are trying to create something that's going to last long-term and you are not perfect and you're human. And it's about creating something that you love that becomes like a ritual and it becomes a part of your life, not something that you can one day complete. Because I think when we have things in our lives that make us feel like we are going to reach something one day and we're going to be happy or we're going to reach a certain weight or we're going to look a certain way, or our hair is going to get this long, or our, you know, our skin's going to get to this point, and suddenly we're going to like ourselves. Like, it's not true, and it's not achievable. And a lot of the people around us, um, you know, certain influencers that can be, for example, you know, can be very toxic, or even certain marketing, the ways that um, certain companies market to try to get us to want those things for ourselves it's really bad for our mental health and we shouldn't buy into it if we are aware of it. And anytime, you know, maybe now you're just hearing about this and you're just going to become aware of it suddenly, but you'll start to see like, you know, ads being like, you know, beautiful, fresh, lovely, amazing. And it's like an ad for like shaving cream, for example. And it's trying to convince you like, hey, if you get this shaving cream and you shave and you're nice and fresh and smooth and soft, like people are going to want you more and you're going to feel validated. And it actually touches such a deep part of us that we don't recognize as much as we probably should. And especially with social media and seeing people's highlight reels and getting ads for things, you know, that are very actually intrusive when it comes to telling you what you should be doing and how you should be living your life. Um, you know, ads that ask you questions like, like, don't you need this thing? Like it, it, you will start noticing it now. It's crazy how much it actually can mess with us. And 
I think it's really important that we don't let ourselves get into this mindset of one day I'm going to be happy. One day I'm going to be pretty. One day I'm going to be skinny enough or fit enough or whatever. You know, one day I'm going to be in the perfect relationship and I'm not going to have to worry about these men that are trash. Like, no, that's not real life. You know, people are people. First of all, men aren't trash. I hate that. Um, first of all, it's not a thing. How, how do people say that? I don't understand. But it's important that we recognize that everyone is human. We all need to work together <laughs> to create healthy relationships, for example, and you're never going to arrive. And I think that's really important to remember. Anyways, let's go on because I am going on a bit of a tangent, but I think creating habits instead of goals helps you to have grace for yourself when you don't get that thing done. Because even if you only read, for example, three out of seven days this week, you read your book three out of seven days, even if the goal was seven out of seven days, that still might potentially be a hundred percent more than you read the previous week. And so I think when you're creating habits instead of goals, it helps you not feel like you're constantly falling short because we are going to fall short a lot of the time, especially if you're in the habit of creating unrealistic or unachievable goals. I think as well, um, what creating habits does instead of creating, you know, finite, this is the finish line goals is that it creates, like I said, kind of earlier, long-term growth and healthy habits that can last. It's almost like a ritual or this habit that you get so used to that it doesn't feel like something that you're trying to get yourself to do anymore. And if we are going to talk about a goal, quote unquote goal, that should be the goal that you're not trying to get yourself to drink water for the rest of your life. (laughs) You know, that you do it so much that your body just starts to crave it. And you're not trying to get yourself to go to sleep early because you're so used to when you go to bed that, you know, you're yawning and you can barely even stay up to watch another episode when you used to want to. And you're not quote unquote trying to make yourself stop smoking or stop drinking when you know you have something on the next day because you've set those boundaries for yourself. And A, when it comes to an addiction, your body's not craving it anymore, thank God. And B, like mentally, you're just so firm in something that you don't really feel that way anymore. And that brings me to number four, which is make firm decisions. So this is something that I read over and over when I was looking into this topic is A, make your why strong, know your why, and B, make firm decisions. And I think it is so important that you don't prep for failure. So for example, if you're trying to stop smoking and you're just like, you know what, I'm going out tonight, I haven't been smoking at all or vaping at all or whatever, but I'm going to be drinking. I'm just going to buy one, but I'm not even going to take it out of the packet. I'm going to buy one. I'm going to put it in the bottom of my purse and I have it there if I need it, just so I don't have to like leave and go get one or something, but, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to use it. And I'm not going to use it. I'm just going to make sure that it's there in case I need it. That is planning to do it. Like it's planning to fail. Or another example, you're trying to stay committed to making new friendships and someone invites you to something. And instead of saying, yep, I'll be there. You say, yeah, I I might be able to come, you know, just in case you don't want to go. Like, how is that helping you get closer? to where you want to go. It's, it's you, that, the fact that you need to make firm decisions. Like, like I said about my, um, my whole vaping journey in my vaping podcast, I needed to throw out 
all of the vape stuff and all of the vape related products. Don't hold on to, you know, your your vaping juice or maybe just like the the mod, but not the the actual piece you smoke from. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. Don't hold on to little things that gives you the option to go back and tell people that you will be at the event. And better yet, ask if there's anything you can bring so you know that they're actually expecting your contribution and you can't get out of it. And I think the problem with giving yourself space to fail is it only reinforces that belief that you are not driven or you are not motivated. And again, it's confirmation bias. When before you even had the chance to prove that you could follow through on what you wanted to do, you've already been turning your body to face the opposite direction and you've already stepped to foot into that fail of a choice before you've even been put in that situation to be able to prove it again. Do you know what I'm saying? So as much as you want to do something and you want to prove something to yourself and you want to be motivated and move on to something, a lot of the time you are creating these little barriers for yourself and these little excuses for yourself and these little lifelines for yourself to pull at the moment it gets tough. (laughs) And that is the last thing that's going to help you make a decision and stick with it. And that's a hard truth. And I think, again, now you're going to start noticing yourself doing it. I'm sorry, but it's true. It's It happens, and it, it's how we protect ourselves, but it's not being applied in the right situation because, obviously, it's not protecting yourself to, to keep a vape in your purse. You know what I mean? But it's it's something that we think we're doing to just protect ourselves slightly when it's not really being applied where it should be applied. So number five is gaining momentum and changing your perception of yourself. And I find this one really interesting. And I wouldn't say like, I I don't know if I think it's the most important or the least important because it will depend person to person how you feel about this, but there's really cool research on this and it's really interesting. So this is number five. When it comes to gaining momentum, I know it to be true for me and I mean a lot of other people as well that when you see yourself winning and you see yourself doing the things that you said you were going to do, it's so motivating because you realize like, wow, like I'm on a roll, you know, things are just coming to me and you start to open up your perception and whether you want to call it luck or manifestation, or receiving the gifts that God has for you. It can be applied. This can all be applied to it. So I'm not saying that manifestation and having a belief in God is the same thing. I'm just saying that you can apply this research and this knowledge to any of those situations, okay? Just to be clear. People that genuinely believe that they are lucky and things just happen for them are actually genuinely way more aware of the opportunities that come to them. And there have been studies on this. One that says that people who have shown up to the study and decided to be part of the controlled group of self-proclaiming lucky people, they make more eye contact and they smile twice as often, which I think is really interesting. They were basically in this study, there was two groups of people, right? So there was the ones who said, yeah, we're super lucky. And there are people who were like, "Mm, I don't really think of myself as lucky. And these people were told to do different tasks. And one of them was where they were basically looking at a dot on a screen and it kept flashing and they were told, you know, you just have to look at this dot the whole time and just focus on that. And what's really interesting is the people who believed that they were lucky, 
they noticed that there were actually other dots popping up on the screen. But most of the people in the other group who didn't believe that they were lucky didn't even see the other dots. Like they genuinely reported that they didn't see the other dots. And it literally just proved how people who believe that they are lucky leave their perception and their scope of what they see and what they let in, they keep it wider and they're more open to opportunity and they believe more for themselves, which is so interesting. And um, just the fact that people as well who were unlucky didn't see the dots, I think speaks a lot louder as well because it, it says like, if you don't think that you're lucky and you deserve things in life and that things are coming to you, even if they do, you won't see them because the dots were being shown to, you know, the exact same thing that was being shown to both groups, but they didn't even see them, most of them obviously, you know, most of them didn't even see the dots at all. Anyways, I thought that was so interesting and it proves what has been true for me in my life as well, that when I'm in a space mentally where I'm feeling more confident about myself and I've practiced my gratitude as much as I can, where I'm writing down my five things a day that I'm grateful for, when things happen to me, I feel that much more grateful for them. When bad things happen, I feel less hurt by it because I think, you know what, there are other redeeming things in my life that make me grateful. And it's about consistently staying open and having that kind of positive mindset that yes, can take time to grow, but it's using these things that I've been talking about in the podcast to help grow that. And I wanted to say as well, at the end of this study, the takeaways to kind of help you become quote unquote more lucky or to perceive yourself as being more lucky were this. Number one, keep your mind open to all opportunities rather than focusing on one specific limiting goal which is why, of course, I've been preaching to you guys to create habits instead of finite goals. Because if you're so focused on finishing this specific degree and getting this specific job, when an opportunity comes up to, you know, change your major and do something that you actually really love, and there's community that's supporting you to go and possibly do that thing, you don't do it because you're so stuck on that goal. And of course, that's just an example. But there are so many, you know, examples like this, you know, you think I'm going to become a Pilates teacher. And then you have all these people around you that are doing all these different types of exercise. And it's so cool. And they're offering you to come help and do these kinds of things and be a part of this community. And you're going, no, 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 no. I'm a Pilates teacher. Do you know what I'm saying? It's sometimes we get so in our mind and in stuck into our limiting beliefs, even if we think it's a positive thing of like, this is a goal I'm trying to achieve that we close ourselves off to other positive things and other possibilities. And I even have read before um, in other kind of like, even I think just articles, but even I'm sure there's studies on it as well, where it talks about people who are successful. And that's a huge point that they give is a key to being successful is staying open and staying willing to meet new people and just try new things and be a part of different groups of people and to not, you know, burn bridges or to decide this is who I am, this is who I talk to, this is what I do, this is my life, but to stay open and to stay willing. So I think that's super, super cool. That's number one. Number two is to keep your mind set on looking at the positive side, which I've talked about already a little bit, so I won't talk too much about it, but 
I do this by practicing gratitude. And you can do this however you want to do it. I um, have heard of a little mantra that Dr. Daniel Amen does, which I talk about him all the time. (laughs) But it's this doctor who does these brain scans. And he's just so cool. He's so wise. And the way he applies talking about mindset to the brain and connects the actual science to it is like, oh, flawless, gorgeous. I'm obsessed. I love him. And he says, basically, every morning he wakes up and he says, today is going to be a good day. And he gets his clients to do it, obviously, as well. It's not just him. But (laughs) today is going to be a good day. And at the end of the day, he gets his clients to fall asleep. And as they're falling asleep, they say to themselves, what went well today? And you don't, it's not about saying, what went well today and how can I make tomorrow better? It's just acknowledging what went well. And it helps you to focus on the positive consistently. Because in the morning, you're not going to necessarily say to yourself, you know, today's going to be good because I'm going to go do this thing and do this thing and do this thing. It's almost creating too many finite goals for the day because you never know. Something might go to shit and your day might not go as planned. But what it's doing is saying, regardless of what happens today, today is going to be a good day. And by the end of the day, when you actually have all the data that you can assess, (laughs) you can look at your day and you can go, cool, what made today good? And I just think that is such a cool practice and something that you can implement that will take you basically no time, takes you no effort because you don't even have to journal it and can genuinely really change your mindset and help you mentally. Um, Especially if you do struggle with overall motivation, like just getting out of bed, like that's an amazing place to start. And then number three was do at least one thing per week that's out of the ordinary for you, which again, I think is really cool. It kind of goes with point number one, which is, you know, to keep your mind open to all opportunities. But I think this is cool too, because it's really a challenge. Like, to say, you know, if you are consistently going to these three classes on this day for a workout and you're consistently eating these foods and you're consistently going to these restaurants and hanging out with these friends, doing one thing a week in any of those areas shouldn't actually be that hard, but we don't really do that unless we do it mindfully a lot of the time. So I've really challenged myself with this. Like I've made an effort to message new people to hang out and and hang out with people for the first time out of nowhere, you know, and eat new things, try new restaurants, go new places, um, make new connections, like watch different things, consume different types of media, like all those things. And it has, it's been so cool. Like it's been so different and it's crazy how much it actually shakes up, um, the way you think. And it, it actually gives you like more, excitement in your life, which kind of sounds sad, but I'm not, I don't mean it as in like, oh, I just need something to stimulate me. It's just that it is stimulating. Like it, it's exciting for us. And our, you don't realize how much your brain actually craves new experiences until you start giving it to it. And then you're like, oh my God, like my brain freaking loves this. So make the effort to try new things, shake things up, have new and fresh encounters and stimulate yourself in ways that are healthy and positive and actually good for long-term growth. Okay, point number six. Wow, we're almost 40 minutes in and I'm on my last point. This is gonna be a quicker podcast. How fun is that? Okay, so number six is to do it in community. And the reason I left this for last is because, you know, if you're still here, I think it's definitely like a bonus point, but it's kind of the trickiest one because 
it's definitely the most long-term tip that I have for you because obviously growing new community takes time. Like it takes effort. It takes doing what I just said, which is, you know, messaging people and asking them to go for coffee and organizing where you're going to go and getting yourself there and, you know, potentially turning down other opportunities to hang out with someone new. And what if you get there and you don't like it that much? And then how do you get out of it? Like there are a lot of kind of loopholes and things mentally that it's hard to get yourself to get over. But if you can get yourself to get over it, it can be so life-giving and can create like the best situation, the best little bubble for you to do your growth in because you're surrounded by people that are also doing it. And so that's kind of the goal, which I maybe should have mentioned before, but is to get around community that are going to be supportive to what you're trying to do. And again, you need to think in context to what you're trying to be motivated to do, but say it's you want to, I don't know, not drink as much, be less of a party person, more of like a self-love, self-growth kind of person. Getting around people who you know are like actively trying to grow themselves and become better people. Like that's really cool because you will learn so much just by being with those people. And it's so valuable to spend time with people like that who are doing the thing that you want to be doing because you learn just by spending time with them. And it also helps like kind of demystify those things. Like if you want to get around someone who is doing a specific subject, like they're really good in one specific area that you're trying to say, get a job in, for example, it helps you because you learn how they do that thing, but you also learn about how their life is just normal too. And it helps you to have more perspective on what it looks like to actually be actively working in that area. You know, this is just an example, but I want to make sure I'm connecting this to all of you because I want it to apply to you. But getting around those people. And as well, like I kind of said earlier, following people on Instagram, for example, or, you know, adding people on Facebook or whatever you use that align with where you're headed. And of course, unfollowing people who are not at all where you want to be headed and getting that kind of, you know, mindset, energy, like thoughts away from you, whatever you want to call it, getting that away from you and getting closer and closer to where you want to be. And I think it, it looks like asking people to coffee. It looks like showing up in spaces, being ready to have conversations, things like fitness classes and university lectures and bookshops and just being genuine and kind with people and being as filled as you can within yourself and taking the time and the things you need to do for yourself so that when you are in a space with other people that you're ready to have those conversations. So if you are like me, where you're not really an introvert, but you're not really an extrovert. And it's actually quite hard to manage how much time you need alone. And you normally realize you haven't had enough time alone when it's too late. Um, making sure that you learn those things about yourself as soon as you can. And back to point one, like getting in touch with yourself so that you're able to be ready to have those conversations and make those connections and go to a coffee and actually be ready to like ask someone about themselves and be there and be really present and build that community. And I think as well, getting around people who back you and people who back themselves. And I think that's really important because as much as you could have a family member or a friend or whatever who really backs you and they're like, I love you. I'm so obsessed with all this stuff that you're doing and I'm so proud of you. And like, they're so positive with you. If you overhear them being really down on themselves and being really negative towards themselves, 
that can definitely affect you, especially if it's someone you look up to. And I'm not saying to kick out people in your lives who are struggling, you know, mentally or things like that. I'm not saying to kick people to the curb, you know, stick with your friends when they're going through it, but be mindful of how much time you spend with people who are like that. And I'm not saying again, you know, to cut people off, to cut off your family, to cut off anyone who doesn't motivate you to exactly what you want to do. But just be mindful of it. If you're already feeling down on yourself and then you go hang out with someone who's talking about, oh, how shit their job is and how much they hate their life. And like, what are you guys sitting there doing then? Just having like a pity party and feeling sorry for yourselves. And as much as it's okay to be down and I I completely validate having situations where you just need to be like, I feel like shit. Like, what am I going to do? Like, yes, you need to have those moments, but also having those moments and then choosing to be around people who are only going to make it worse and then coming home and then feeling like garbage and then never healing or never working towards a positive isn't healthy. And I think there has to be a line there. And it's like, yes, support people, be there for people. But if you need to create boundaries with people that don't make you feel motivated or safe or excited about life, or they bring you down, like create boundaries is the best way that I can say that. And you know, that might just mean not talking to them when you're down, that it literally just might mean that for you. But you know, if you're really struggling mentally, and then you're also dating someone who's really struggling mentally, like it's not the best setup for your personal growth. And again, that's a really hard truth. And I kind of wanted to leave that (laughs) to the end. So, you know, If you're still here, hopefully you have some context and you can see what I'm actually saying by that. Um, But yeah, doing it in community is so good, so helpful, so motivating. And if you've ever been in a situation where you've had like a workout buddy or you've been able to do your assessments or your assignments or whatever with somebody and you've seen what it's like to then have to do them without people and like how like crazy of a difference there is between doing it with people and doing without, like it's true. You'll know it's true and do everything you can in your power to get around people who are going to help you be that better version of yourself. So (laughs) in summary, what I want you to do leaving this whole podcast, because I know it was a lot, even though it's, you know, not too, too long in the sense of how much time you've been here. It's a lot to take in is number one, get in touch with yourself. Think of, okay, what am I normally like in these situations? What helps me? What doesn't help me? And then number two, apply your motivators. If you think you can apply the things that you do well to the things that you don't do well, and you can make it so that you do them all well, hell yeah, do it, do it. And if you are like, okay, no, I can't apply that. Like, you know, setting an alarm to hang out with people isn't gonna make any sense. Then you need to talk about your why. You need to figure out what's gonna motivate you. That might be learning about the subject. That might be getting around certain people. That might be having something happen where you just need a kick in the butt. I don't know what it is, but you need to figure out what motivates you and apply them. And then when we're talking about staying motivated long-term, Number three, create habits instead of goals. You can do the whole habit tracking thing if you want to, but I don't want you to get too fixated on numbers. I want you to get focused on creating habits that are going to be long-term, healthy for you, that are going to help you grow and are going to be sustainable. And number four, make firm decisions. Don't give yourself an out. Don't give yourself lifelines. Don't hold on to random things to give you outs in case you don't want to then do that thing. Make firm decisions. Tell people you're making those decisions and stick to them 
And that's all I'm going to say. I was going to say stick to them the best you can, but not stick to them. (laughs) That's it. Number five, gain momentum and change your perception of yourself, which is some deep work that you might have to do, but it also might just be a rewiring of your brain a little bit, which takes assessing the thoughts that you have that come up and asking yourself if you want to keep them or you want to change them and doing that as regularly as you can. And then of course, number six is doing it in community. Find people who champion you, who lift you up, who motivate you, and that's going to make it a hell of a lot easier. And that is today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you got something out of that. Hopefully I didn't talk too fast or give it to you all too much. Um, But I just wanted to make sure that you guys got some solid plan and some solid um, evidence or information on how you can move forward in this. Anything that I listed in here that was like from an article um, or a study, I'm going to link that in the description. And in the description as well, I link my Instagram bio or not my Instagram bio, my my Instagram. If you guys are curious and you want to follow me on Instagram, or if you want to be a part of the conversation before I post the podcasts, because I almost always ask on my story, um, like, what are you guys thinking about this subject? And I'll include what you guys have shared with me, which I love because it creates a bit of a community feel to these podcasts. And they're the most efficient because obviously the more people that are involved in creating something, the better, you know, it's going to be. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for sharing it on your stories when you do. That is so kind. And that is always the sweetest thing. I appreciate it so much. And if you want to, Of course, you can follow on um, Spotify and you can click the little notification bell thingy where it will tell you when I've posted um, a podcast or the same thing on Apple Podcasts. It'll tell you when something new has come up. So go ahead and do that if you would like to. And of course, this is the last thing. If you want to leave a review and a rate on Apple Podcasts. That always helps me, but that's all the ways that you can support the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll be back next week. See you guys. Bye. (laughs) 